0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's BYTE.com. e.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: And throw. Slam. This bugs for you. Mizzou. Johnson. And he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. It don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Sam, touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett Run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day.
2: This is the Mazad cam.
0: Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazadcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. With me, as always, is Jaden Cox's cauliflower ear drainer, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And we got a special show for you today. Brian Goers isn't here. Yep, yep. That's Mate, a little, <clears throat> we're trying to help out. A little treat for our listeners. Sure. So, uh, we're coming to you, even though there is absolutely nothing to talk about football-related because there's been a shitload of Mizzou activity in every other athletic event.
3: Yeah, a lot of our listeners are going to get their wish. We're going to talk about baseball mm-hmm. and wrestling and women's basketball uh-huh. and men's basketball, Maybe all the cross things, country, ladies cross country, all the things that this podcast is never about.
0: <laughs> That's right. And Colin, I honestly, when we started this thing, I never thought we'd talk
3: about basketball as much as we have in the last month and a half. No, no, but nothing. Makes you feel more inspired to talk about basketball than being terrible, terrible, terrible at basketball.
0: Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, I feel like the attitude about the Mizzou basketball team has changed dramatically because uh, within the last week because obviously Kim Anderson was fired after an abysmal three-year stretch where he won 27 games over the course of three seasons. And then uh, there was a big coaching search, which we've talked about ad nauseum, and this past week, no surprise to anyone, we hired Konzo Martin from Cal Berkeley.
3: And we're all Conzo for Gonzo. Or wait, did I say that wrong? You sure did. Okay. Anyway, yeah, we hired a basketball coach, and well, I mean, we'll get into it, but uh, I can't believe how quickly we may go from the shit house to the big house. You know what I mean? And, Are you and, looking
0: for another house to use? Yeah, I mean I, just, I mean,
3: I can't. We were absolutely in the toilet, and the stars seemed to be aligning for us to climb out of the toilet.
0: Yeah, and I think what Colin is referring to is obviously the very real possibility that not only will we have a new coach, but we could have the number one basketball recruit in the country next year in the form of Michael Porter Jr., who Tiger fans had given up on as he committed to the University of Washington out in Seattle. Strange git yeah. for University of Washington. That's one of the things I was... Well, you know that Lorenzo Romar, the form, now former coach at the University of Washington, was a longtime uh, friend of the Porter family, and was in fact Michael Porter Jr.'s godfather.
3: Oh, well, that makes more sense.
0: And so we hired uh, Michael Porter Sr. away, because it is complicated for people, who, and I don't know if any of our take listeners... Take us back,
3: Brennan, take <laughs> well, us back. I was
0: going to say, most of our listeners are probably pretty aware of the Porter situation, but the Porters had been in Columbia for many years, because for six years, Michael Porter Sr. was an assistant coach or Robin Pinchton on the Mizzou women's basketball team, and the little twist in that is that uh, Robin Pinchton is his sister-in-law. He, Michael Porter Sr., is married to Robin Pinchton's sister, mm-hmm. so it was a little family connection there. Sure, and of course, two of the Porter daughters have played for Mizzou women's basketball, and as Michael Porter Jr. was playing at Tolton High in Columbia, winning national champ- or state championships. Uh, All all the Tiger fans were thinking, oh, we're going to get this kid, and he's super good, super good. He only got better and better. Well, Lorenzo Romar hires Porter Sr. away, and lo and behold, both sons, Michael and John Tay, both decide they're going to go to Washington as well. So big turn of events this week. Same day as Conzo Martin being hired, Lorenzo Romar, who only won nine games for Washington this year, is fired after 15 years at Seattle. And they
3: didn't let him lose nine games for three years straight before they fired
0: him? <laughs> no, no, yes, strangely. Um, but anyway, so uh, Jontay goes on Twitter and reopens his commitment. Sure. And uh, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't officially done that, but he's taken Washington commit off of his Twitter profile. Uh, the talk is that uh, Konzo Martin is going to hire Michael Porter Sr. back to Mizzou, this time for the men's program. And everybody's connecting dots and thinking this could very well look like The Porters are returning to Columbia. And like you said, very, very quickly going from the absolute worst team in the Power
3: Five to a fucking contender. I mean, you bring a, I mean, this is like bringing Kevin Durant on TV. Not only that, I mean, I I know one of uh, Conso Martin's uh, priorities was Kim Anderson had, um, strangely enough, gotten at least one four star kid to commit to mizzou right and uh, <laughs> yes now kim anderson is gone but uh Konzo is obviously working to make sure and secure that commitment even with the coaching chain so you could take the porter brothers and add this four-star recruit we have barnett mm-hmm. and uh who seems to be legitimately a division one college basketball player mm-hmm. as opposed to most of our team so we could go from looking like the worst team in division one college basketball to being a getting this time next year in March to get to watch our Tigers play.
0: That's right. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of women's basketball and a lot of baseball, Mm -hmm. and a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no Mizzou basketball in the tournament. But yeah, I mean, it it is a strange turn of events, and that's all on top of the fact that one of the main reasons it looks like we hired Konzo Martin here to Mizzou is he's from East St. Louis, and the the thought being that he can recruit the St. Louis region Mm -hmm. in a way that we haven't been able to.
3: Certainly, Kim Anderson wasn't able to. No, no, no. And really... I've had issues doing that even since going back to the Norm Stewart days. But, uh, you know, it's easy to be optimistic right now. I want to maintain that optimism. The worst part is is what happens. I mean, obviously, these Porter brothers are probably reopening their recruitment and – You know, it certainly looks like Mizzou is the top of the pecking order, but what happens when a Duke or a Kentucky or a Kansas come calling? How crushed are we going to be if these guys don't end up coming to Mizzou?
0: Well, everything seems to be aligned so well because, I mean, they know Columbia. They seem, by all accounts, they like Columbia. But, yeah, there's no reason that, I mean, we could hire Michael Porter Sr., but so could anyone else. Sure. And there's no reason to think that they have any more reason to come to us than there is anywhere else in the country Mm -hmm. other than, you know, their familial and historic connections here, but you know they, they think about it, I mean, really Michael Porter senior' is hitching his wagons to his son he 's getting yeah. a job because his son's play good basketball, and it 's hundreds of thousands of dollars for him, and what will be millions of dollars for the boys. This is a business decision it 's not aI yeah. like eating I-like-eating-at-Booches decision
3: well i that 's what i'm what i 'm saying is is that the fans have already like written it down like, yeah, a little too to much for, to for my, yeah, right, yeah. that 's my concern it 's like it 's going to turn into a Guy rolling his fist in kitty litter and jamming it up our poop chute. Right when they don't come, <laughs> and uh, so look forward to that, fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm, you know, I'm as optimistic as I can be. Much like the reason I don't get too excited or too upset when the football commits either stay or flip is because I don't count anyone till they're standing on campus. Yeah, and I feel the same way about the Porter brothers. Wow, it would be terrific to have them, but until they are physically present on our campus practicing basketball for our team, they are not Mizzou Tigers. Yeah. In my book. Yeah, the coaching searches are just like the
0: recruiting to me. I, it's all fun and games to speculate, but on, there's not a lot of, it's not worth wasting a lot of mental energy on until the ink is dry.
3: Well, it's, it, One of the things that I've noticed in the last day was uh, Illinois hired Brad Underwood, mm-hmm. and which is a good hire. And uh, But there's been, a, there's been some sentiment that... But the spirit of performance is what defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing
0: the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the
1: same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: It makes Missouri look bad for hiring comzo Martin. Like if they could have had Underwood, mm-hmm. it's like they weren't even trying to hire him. You know, I'm like, I understand that you may think it looks it looks bad not to hire him. I guess. Yeah, I'd... but like we weren't going after him.
0: No. Yeah, I saw there was a, some national commentary about that, and it was. It's, it's not stupid. I think both were good hires, and I think it will, if do nothing else, uh, revitalize the old arch rivalry. We play mm-hmm. Illinois every year in St. Louis, and that should be really fun next season. Sure. Ho- hopefully.
3: Hopefully, yeah. I, like I said, I'm getting my hopes up a little bit. I'm trying not to, but the, the idea of watching competitive basketball, it's so far off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Believing in Santa Claus. It's been so many years since I believed in Santa Claus, it's hard to imagine a scenario where I could believe in him again. Yeah. But,
0: you know, it's been about five years yeah. since we've been genuinely competitive at basketball. The last three years, we have been the laughing stock of the basketball world. Sure. But the last five years, we haven't been competitive. Now, now
3: granted, it being the laughing stock of college basketball doesn't mean. We shouldn't have kept our coach, according to some small, small <laughs> contingent of our fans. Let's please forget about the uh, that, Cam that's Anderson That's the greatest truthers. thing about it. I haven't heard a uh, a single... Um, truther. Truther. Cam Anderson truther since this whole Conzo Martin information. Everybody's like, ooh, new coach. Oh, Boarder I know. They're, they're
0: rolling out the red carpet in such a way that if you're Cam Anderson, they, it's like, god damn, they already forgot me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I have.
3: Yes, yes. I, I, I'm trying to... I want to wash him and scrub him from my mind completely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I was just going to say five years is enough time that it, it does, it, like, I don't have fresh memories of ever being, no, like, super that's what into I mean, basketball. It's, I feel
3: like it's a, it's a distant memory. Yeah. It's been so long since I gave a shit about basketball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's um, speaking of basketball, it is the NCAA tournament, March Madness. Mm hmm. Uh, and uh, we're in the heart of it. We're recording this on uh, Sunday night, so it's uh, the end of the second round of yep. games, and uh, unfortunately we, we uh, stuck around long enough to see that Kansas has survived into the Sweet 16, so yep. our, our brackets are busted, mm-hmm. obviously, because we could not choose Kansas.
3: Yeah. They raped their way to the Sweet 16 and uh, physically assaulted Michigan State, mm-hmm. kicked its car and threatened to kill them, and now they're in the Sweet 16. These are strange basketball analogies you're using. <laughs> okay.
0: Do they relate to anything? No, just,
3: just things popping pop into my mind.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. Well, anyway, the reason I was bringing up the NCAA tournament is that uh, we have a couple guests on today's show, and uh, since this is the most basketball we've ever talked, ever, uh, they're basketball-related guests. Ooh. Yeah, we have Adam Amin from the uh, SEC Network, who's a basketball analyst and has been to Columbia a few times to call uh, Tigers games when they are on the SEC network and uh, dragging down the ratings for that network. Sure. And- <laughs> Crushing them. <laughs> and so excited to have him on. We've also got uh, the founder of Titanic Hoops the Twitter account, the uh, burgeoning Twitter account. Are you familiar with Titanic Hoops, I am now, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, it's it's growing in popularity, and I find it tickles me. I found Mm -hmm. it funny. So we tracked down the founder of the Titanic Hoops website, and he's got a special little gift for us. How about
3: um, some context about what Titanic Hoops is, Brendan?
0: Yeah, I should provide that because uh, there are probably a lot of people who don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, All the website is, or all the Twitter account is, is they take... Buzzer beater games, games that end in a final, you know, big moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy just takes the video and drops in Celine Dion Titanic music over the top of it. And where the big crescendo is, he drops that in right where the, uh, the buzzer beater basket goes in. Yeah. And it's like super melodramatic and, mm-hmm. in such a way that great. it cracks me up. It's great. It tickles and, me. You know, we, we the reason I even became aware of it is when during the SEC tournament, obviously when we beat Auburn, Perrier hit that mm-hmm. shot. Titanic Hoops highlighted us and put that on there. And uh, the ridiculous thing about it is it's funny when it's just a game, Mm -hmm. but when it's your team, there's a small part of me that, like – yeah, it worked on me. It it yeah. t- worked on the t- the tear ducts. You Found yourself getting too messy <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But anyway, we brought that guy in because uh, that's the kind of bullshit show we are. Yeah,
3: we're garbage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I hope you enjoy that though, because we do have a special little uh, uh, gift from him. That yeah, uh, he
3: made he made all Mizzou fans a present. Yes. With his gifting skills, that we will have up on Twitter for you yeah. uh, at the time of this podcast launch. Yeah, so we'll cock tease that out for mm-hmm. you now. So anyway, yeah, so uh,
0: as Colin mentioned, there's a lot of Mizzou stuff going on that isn't football. Uh, Obviously, we talked about the the coaching hire, and we'll go into that more. But there's also uh, Jaden Cox, the the great – who's he? (laughs) Jaden Cox Cox is – Probably cemented himself as one of the greatest Tiger athletes in history, mm-hmm. I guess, at this third national championship.
3: Yeah, three-time national championship and Mizzou don't typically go together.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so he he surpassed the Askren brothers and became a three-time national champion in wrestling. And, uh, I mean, he goes on the Mount Rushmore. I mean, if there's mm-hmm. a four Mizzou athletes, Colin, I don't know who you put on there. I think, you know, Kellen Winslow, who's the uh, NFL Hall of Fame tight end, would go up on there for me. Um, I mean I know you Chase Daniel Chase Daniel Obviously um, And I know you're also A big fan of Monty Harge Yeah Monty
3: (laughs) Yeah Oh. It's, it's strange because, you know, we we named the uh, football greatness award for each week the Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. Mm-hmm. And at one time we had discussed doing, you know, a basketball podcast and we were gonna name it the uh, Monty Hart's neck roll <laughs> player of the game. But it didn't work out because we didn't want to do basketball. But yeah. you know, Monty was going neck Monty's neck rolls were going to be the uh the, the sponsor. The sponsor for that, that award because they were majestic. <laughs> Was Have you ever seen a guy bigger and more clumsy on a Division One basketball court? It was it was comical. Well, it wasn't just the fact
0: that it was Monty Harsh, too, because it was the same era as Sammy and Simeon and Haley. Oh, the
3: Twin Towers.
0: Yeah, so all three of those guys were seven feet tall. And I remember my roommate in college used to say, we've got 21 feet of center, and I don't like an inch of it.
3: <laughs> well... Because uh, you, for those who don't know, Monty Harge was out of Jefferson City, mm-hmm. and where and me and Brendan grew up around Jefferson City, and so I used to play a lot of pickup basketball with friends and stuff, and I played in a league in Jefferson City, and Monty Harge was in it. This was shortly after his days at Mizzou, and uh, you know this was just a pickup basketball game, just high school schlubs still playing one another at some open gym. Yeah, sounds know, pathetic. Tur- yeah, you know, it's. That's what I'm trying to get across is how pathetic it is, really. Mm-hmm. And Monty Harge was on a team yes. and was terrible. Did not dominate this league. I mean, and if you've ever played basketball with somebody who played college basketball at a Division One level, when you stick them into an environment where they're playing a bunch of scrubs – they just dominate, you know, because yeah. they're just so much better than you. Monty Harge was not, did not dominate. Well, not only did not dominate, he was probably one of the worst players on the court <laughs> with a bunch of guys who can't play basketball. You know what yeah. I mean? It was, it was just comical.
0: Well, I believe Norm Stewart's defense of his recruitment was that you can't coach 6'11", right? Isn't that what he basically <laughs> I guess. said? I guess. <laughs> well, there's something to
3: that. You can't yeah. make it jump, shoot, or, you know, play basketball in any productive way either.
0: Yeah. Um, I do remember when Mizzou, Mizzou was pretty decent at that time. But I remember Monty Harge petitioned the NCAA to make it half-court only.
3: Because <laughs> yeah. he didn't like running up no. and down. If you've ever watched the movie Friday, um, just if, if, if you want to know what Monty looks like. this week? Yeah. There's a character named Debo. Mm-hmm. Uh, just imagine Debo and make him a foot taller. Yeah. And that's Monty Harge.
0: Well, these have been really current references we've been using <laughs> yeah. between Monty yeah. Harge, Sammy Haley, <laughs> exactly. and Friday.
3: Yep. For all of our 21-year-old listeners, uh, Sorry. <laughs> We'll talk about Pokemon later. But uh, for now. Tune in. Bieber. Yeah. Belieber. That brings up a funny thing that's completely non- We played the- uh, Blue's Clues mailbag song. Yeah. uh, We have mail. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of our listeners tweeted at us how much he loved that song when he was a kid. And I was like, aha, he's young enough to have watched Blue's
0: Clues. (laughs) We're so old. Yeah. You know, uh, you remind me of the mailbag. We've been getting some mail Mm -hmm. and uh, haven't pulled it up.
3: No, I guess we
0: could be reading it for the old mailbag. Thanks.
3: Or we can just sit here and reminisce about things (laughs) from 1997. (laughs) That we could do that. Don't worry about the mail.
0: Is this possibly (laughs) one of the best... Weekends in Mizzou sports, at, you know the entirety of mm-hmm. the sports program. We're
3: talking about Monty Hard, and
0: we're talking about nineteen ninety seven hard. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that so that's Jaden Cox.
3: Yeah, congrats, <laughs> Jaden.
0: I will, do want to say before we leave, Jaden Cox, uh, Jaden Cox wants to play football. I wish they would let him. As this is a football podcast. And, uh, well, that's the thing. He said in an interview, it's up to Odom. He's talked to Odom. If Odom yep. lets him play, he's going to play. The mm-hmm. thing I want to know is, what position does he play? You just don't All play football player.
3: Oh, I think you'd make him a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on how fast he is. I mean, maybe a safety. He's not that big. He'd have to put on some meat. Yeah, well, uh, and he hadn't played football in four years, presumably. Well, and once uh, he wrestled at 187 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean,
0: that's yes. not big. Well, but yeah, you got to figure he's twenty pounds heavier when he's not cutting weight. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're going to have to. He's
3: going to have to put on, you know, conceivably at least another twenty. to 30 pounds to be Division One ready to play, like uh, for instance, well, a linebacker if position. If there's
0: one thing I'm not worried about, Jaden Cox is like getting ready to do something. <laughs> yeah, and you I think, think he's... he's got a
3: d- discipline? And, <laughs> yeah, I think he's
0: uh... preparedness is not his issue. I think it's <laughs> no. maybe not. I he's a human Swiss
3: you. Army knife. He is always prepared for every situation. Fuck
0: always. yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. Like, uh, I guess the linebacker would be the position. I don't know how tall he is.
3: Well, and depending on how you know, fast he is, he could be a safety maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how big, like I said, I don't know what his measurables are. Just not like 187. He looks pretty. Pretty lean. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like his frame could carry a lot more weight.
0: Yeah. But what? you
3: never know, too, because I mean, he is a tremendous wrestler. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you've ever watched, you know, a professional football player or basketball player throughout the first pitch at a baseball game, <laughs> yes. Being good at one sport does not necessarily mean you're going to translate to another sport. I mean, he may be the most bow legged runner. He can run a you know a forty and a five point eight. I mean, he may just be it may Odom right now would be being like, "Hey Jaden, thanks for the offer." Yeah, we're all full right now. Yeah. Thanks, pal, because he watched him walk into the building and he almost tripped over his own feet.
0: Something tells me that's not the case. Probably
3: not, but if you know,
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, uh, who knows? But it's funny, we both go to thinking defense. The funny thing when is, his skill is tackling guys to the ground.
3: Yeah, I mean, that, the funny thing is, is what, like when he tackles somebody, he's immediately going to turn him over like in a dog fashion position.
2: <laughs> you know I mean? like, like, no, no, Jay, him down for the a ground. three count? Yeah. It's like, no, no, no.
3: His knees are on the ground now. He's done. Yeah. it's like, no, no, I got to get it behind him and choke him a little bit. You know, like No, no, it's over. So,
0: yeah, we're going to have to coach him up for sure.
3: Again, I apologize for not knowing the uh, wrestling vernacular and referring to it as dog fashion yes. uh, style. But uh, that's, that's I don't know what that's called. I
0: think it's reverse cowgirl in wrestling terminology. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So anyway, so that wasn't the only thing. The uh, Before we go to our first break, we should have to mention the fact that uh, as we're recording this, a women's basketball game is going on at halftime. Uh, they're trailing Florida State in the second round. And uh, they won on this great buzzer beater, got a Titanic Hoops mm-hmm. video out of it. Yep. And so, you know, the basketball team continues to look good. The women are doing great down in Tallahassee. Yep. And on top of that, Mizzou Baseball swept Alabama and now won 19 games in a row. That is remarkable. Tied, 19 games. Tied a program record. And since 1964 was the last time they well, won this many consecutive. You know,
3: games. and it, 19 games in a row is unheard of in most sports, but it happens like in football periodically. Mm, yeah, yeah. It will happen in basketball periodically. It does not happen in baseball. Baseball is a sport where even the lowliest of teams can jump up and beat somebody. Just you know, yeah. a pitcher has an off day or has a has a great day and just shuts down an offense or what. I mean, it happens. I mean, it it happens all the time. Nobody wins that consistently at baseball. And uh they a, have, Mizzou has done it somehow.
0: Yeah. New coach uh Beezer has it's looking like a good hire. <laughs>
3: yeah, something we should talk about at some point in this program is Jim Stirk and uh what kind of a uh, higher that has turned out to be.
0: Holy shit, uh Jim Stark's stock seems to have risen dramatically. Yes, yes he has. Yeah, let's let's uh let's go to the break and then maybe we can get into that because you're you're absolutely right because he we were in holding pattern on Jim Stark, didn't know what he was bringing mm-hmm. to the table and uh, he was busy last week. So, we'll get into that after the break. This is the Mozab <laughs>
2: doing for podcasting what John Carter did for the film
0: industry, the cast With us now is a special guest. Uh, as many of you Mizzou fans probably remember, last week during the SEC conference, uh, Missouri beat Auburn on a buzzer beater, and we got the Titanic Hoops treatment. Uh, Titanic Hoops is a big up-and-coming Twitter account in the college basketball world, and uh, I'm here with the creator, founder of the uh, Titanic Hoops Twitter account. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do, and, and tell us in the framing of, of that game what Titanic Hoops is all about.
2: Right, so I, I know a lot of people might think I'm the coolest person in the world, but this will probably disprove uh, prove that, uh, that notion. Um, t- I mean, typically uh, on, a, on a given night when I get back ho- home from work, uh, I'll just... You know, sit in front of my TV, sit in front of my computer and just watch basketball and then wait for something uh, dramatic to happen in, in the late-game situation. So uh, how the Missouri thing came along was I can't say that I was watching that game between Missouri and, and Auburn. It was you know, a fairly low-state low game. But um, what's been pretty cool since, uh, since the account has grown is There's been a lot of interaction between uh, myself and the followers, and whenever there is just a great ending like that, and, you know, it doesn't get much better than a buzzer beater, I'll always kind of get bombarded by messages. And I think um, there are certain schools where... Where the, the traffic of incoming messages after something like that happening surpasses other schools, I, I think the three schools in particular are Northwestern, Syracuse, and Missouri. And there's no secret that all three of those kind of have like a journalism media mafia on Twitter, and so everyone part of the school seems to seems to get in touch with me, and so that's kind of what happened with uh, with that particular well for those moment.
0: of you. Me- for those of us not, fam- for, you know, there's probably a lot of listeners who maybe aren't familiar with the the account. Tell them what you actually do when there is that dramatic moment on the game.
2: Yeah, so I just pull the video and I simply just sync the the moment of, and typically it's a made shot. So I sync the moment when the ball goes through the basket with the crescendo part of Titanic and uh, the <laughs> Titanic song and Celine Dion's famous song, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> right. um, and then, you know, towards the back end of the video, after, like, all the live moments is shot, I might play a couple of replays, do it in slow motion, um, put some, like, of the emotional, like, facial expressions in, into the video as well. Um, and then I upload it. I mean, it typically takes, like, five minutes, five to ten minutes to, to complete the entire process. And then, and then I post it, and then... I don't know, people seem to go nuts over it for some reason.
0: <laughs> well, it is, it, it's such a simple concept. It, it, uh, is hilarious, especially the melodrama. Like you said, the slow motion and uh, the, the, uh, super melodramatic, sling Dion music. And then if you are a fan, and I can tell you, it, there is this stupid, sappy greatness to it. And I think the one thing, the main question I had for you, the reason I want to talk to you is, how did you get the idea to do something like this?
2: You know that's the question I'm I am I'm asked most commonly, and you know I'd love to say it came like in a dramatic moment of like me playing like a really really intense high stake like state championship basketball game where I have the ball with with our team trailing by one with just seconds to go, and then you know I cross over three players, pull up from thirty five, and like hit like a Steph Curry three at the buzzer, and then while the ball is in mid flight and that song's kind of playing in my head while like everything's going in slow motion. That would be a complete lie. Um, I'm a horrendous basketball player, number one. Um, but number two, uh, the idea came along. I, I saw online, I'm a, I'm a big soccer fan myself. And a lot of the soccer memorable, epic moments are usually paired to that song on social media. And I thought, well, basketball is perfect because you know the apex moments very, very clearly. It's when the ball goes through the basket, so, so yeah, I, I can't really take credit for the originality of the idea, but like all things that are great, you know, at the current state of of our time, um, I guess you could say it was a, kind of a stolen and plagiarized idea.
0: Well, I, I have a suggestion for you if you get asked that in the future that right. you can you can lie, and I would say rather than having your own personal basketball moment or stealing it from soccer. Um, I would suggest that at some point in your life, Leonardo DiCaprio held you in his arms while you had your arms outstretched on a boat.
2: Yeah, I don't know what's more believable, but no, I'll I'll definitely consider it.
0: (laughs) So the Titanic Hoops Twitter account has been so gracious as to do us a special custom favor, which we will play for our listeners today, which is the, uh, the great moment in 2009 when mizzou played kansas in mizzou arena and won that game with 1.3 seconds left on the clock and uh i think it was the perfect game for tiger fans to get a uh, titanic hoops moment even greater than the one we had earlier this year where the game basically meant nothing on an eight win season uh beating our arch rival kansas in 09 seems like the, the perfect place to do it so thanks for giving us that uh, that special treat
2: Oh no problem, no problem. Anytime, and I mean, for anyone who's listening to this, uh, you can always DM my account if you have a personal request, and um, I uh, I do everything within reason to, to, to try to to try to get to everyone's request because I I do like it to be very very interactive.
0: Have you noticed your uh, follower count going up now that it is March Madness? Like probably the first March Madness since you've started the account.
2: Yeah, like this is this is absolutely ridiculous. Like because. When, when I first started this account, and I, I probably started it like last June, and it was just something that me and maybe 10 of my closest friends knew about, and half of them loved it, and half of them thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. So it would just be like kind of a joke between us. But then it, it's kind of weird. Like on Christmas Day, I made, um, I made a video of Kyrie Irving uh, making the game winner against Golden State, and it got retweeted by the right person, and then... Like an avalanche of followers happened after that because they saw the previous videos I, tost, I I posted as well. But yeah, the the increase in followers is nothing short of of mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought this was such a it's such a silly idea, and like the joke never changes. Like yeah. the punchline is always the same. The joke is always the same. The setup is always the same. Right. Um, but but I guess since people can't get enough of it, uh, as long as As long as there's an appetite for it, I plan on delivering, I
0: guess. Uh, Part of the thing that I really like about it is that while the joke is the same, every game is slightly different. How it ends is slightly different. And sometimes everything seems timed out so perfectly. And, you know, it, it, some are better than others, I guess, you know, just based on the way the, the game unfolds. And I, I, there is, I believe you have some really horrible version of that Titanic song that you play sort of, I, I noticed on the Northwestern Vanderbilt game, you played uh, a different version of that song. It was almost unlistenable. What, explain what that is
2: yeah so there's a there's a flute version that's pretty popular on youtube it's it's pretty much just you know the worst version of the song that that you can find and obviously as in any sport a dramatic moment can just be destroyed by a, just an epic failure so um in the example of Vanderbilt fouling when they were leading by one in the final seconds of that game were pretty much they're a defensive stop and a defensive rebound away from winning the game that was the perfect moment really um <laughs> Uh, since you guys, uh, since you guys talk about Kansas, I, I think Kansas had a game against Baylor this year at Kansas, where Baylor had the ball down one final possession, and they were clearly confused on the final possession, and they ended up throwing the ball away out of bounds, not even getting a shot off. That was again the perfect moment to 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 do. Hey, this is an epic fail moment. But even if it's an epic fail moment, we can still pair it up somehow with some version of. My heart
0: will go on. <laughs> so I've noticed that there have been a few articles about uh, Titanic hoops on the web, and people have mentioned it. And I just am curious: has any? Do you think anything's going to come from this? Any sort of uh, fame beyond the small world of internet fame for you? Have you, have you got any prospects?
2: I don't know. I I think my lean is that it won't because. Look, nothing lasts forever, right? right. And, and this is something that's so basic and so... I mean, part of the reason why I... Part of the reason why I picked, like, that specific song and, and you know, this specific sport and, and the way that I do it is you could never have watched Titanic in your life. You know, you may have never heard the, uh, the song in your life either, the My Heart Will Go On song. And you will still understand it. You're still part of the joke. And that simplicity, I think, has an upside, you know, eventually... I would think eventually people will get pretty pretty sick and tired of it. Um, right now, it's still relatively fresh because we're not even like we're not even done with the first full year of doing it. But um, I, I wouldn't think that there's something mega famous coming out of it. And if it does, it just really tells you about the current state of our society. If, <laughs> if I can if I can become hugely famous for something called even Titanic Hoops, that that would be pretty absurd.
0: Yeah, it's uh, congratulations that may go on your epitaph. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us and explaining the the genesis of Titanic Hoops. And if any of our listeners are not following it or not aware of it, please go on Twitter. It's the perfect time in the middle of March Madness. It's at Titanic Hoops on Twitter. Is there is there any other thing you need to plug or any any way to get people towards you?
2: No, I mean just just hit the follow button. Have a have an open mind and a sense of humor, and just don't take it too seriously because. Nothing that I do within the account is, is very serious. It's just one minute of, of a distraction in everyone's busy lives. So, um, <laughs> I don't think uh, it's. No, a,
0: I, I don't think there's any way for anyone to be mistaken that this is something serious.
2: <laughs> I hope not. I, I have gotten some like hate response of like, "Oh, you're really you're really reaching out, making a highlight of that." I'm like, really, really <laughs> like you're you're gonna you're gonna criticize this of all the things that you can criticize in today's world.
0: Well, thanks so much again for joining us. And for our listeners, as promised, we're going to go out with the uh, Titanic Hoops take on the 2009 Mizzou-Kansas game.
1: Taylor, over to Lions. Now, look at the help by Kansas. You see Sharon Collins. They're going to try to jam the lane. Taylor. Taylor. Zaire Taylor. Tries to win.
3: beautiful colin it really was it, it, uh, it's it's tear jerking i know I'll, I'll
0: let me put my kleenexes away that was that was really something special it's touching. It's touching, yeah so uh i hope you enjoyed that and uh, we are going to put the video version of that on our twitter account when we post the show up and you really need to watch it because the audio doesn't quite do it justice to yeah. see yep. us destroy the fucking jayhawks yeah oh those were the days they were hopefully they shall return mm-hmm. again soon Back to the basketball world, we talked a little bit after, before the break about uh, Jim Stirk and uh, the week he had, and uh, we, you know, people didn't know what he was going to do with the hire. He, he hadn't had an opportunity to make his mark yet. This was the the big moment for Jim Stirk. We knew a little bit. We knew that he could bring in the fundraising dollars. He had uh, he had revived the South End Zone project, which was under was t- being talked about when Gary Pinkle was still here and Mac Rhodes in his awful short tenure had. Uh, put that on ice, Jim Sturck brought it back to life and immediately brought in a bunch of dollars to get that thing going and put on, you know. Yeah, I
3: mean, the only thing we had to go on on Jim Sturck initially, because he hasn't talked to anyone in the press, he hasn't been vocal or out there at all for fans necessarily, but from the moment he got here, start he started raising money. Yeah. Head over fist. And right. it's like, he, he goes, wow, I'm so glad Mac Rhodes went to Baylor. Mm-hmm. You know, because he all he did was kill the project and not raise a nickel.
0: That's right. And, uh, you know, but the thing is, most of the time, athletic directors, you know, their legacy is defined by their coaching hires. Yep. And so this was the big one, and he got rid of Cam Anderson. We all kind of knew that was going to happen. We didn't know when, but he waited till the end of the season, into mm-hmm. the regular season, I should say, and because um, we had one game, <laughs> yep. one two games technically of postseason, and then we obviously brought in Conzo Martin. There was a lot of speculation about who we want to hire. There's a lot of talk about Tom Crean and uh, Greg Marshall and guys like that, but. Uh, Ultimately, we got a guy who has coached three different schools, three seasons each: Missouri State, Tennessee, and Cal. And he comes in here,
3: and uh, it looked like Sterk wanted to bring him in all along. Well, if if John Sunvold is to be believed, I listened to him on Kansas City Sports Radio, and he's you know he had mentioned he had conversations with Jim Sterk about the hire. Obviously, could not go into detail and would not go into detail, but he said that you know uh, Jim Sterk had a target.
2: Mm-hmm. He has a
3: cho- he has a choice. In mind, and everything is going well on the tracks. Was basically what Sunbolt said. So it made it sound like Conzo is the was that person he was talking about. Uh, he identified him early and uh, immediately snatched him up as soon as he was available. It also was interesting to think that he was probably had his finger on the pulse of the Porter situation mm-hmm. and the UW, the UW situation because it all coincided at the same time, and he was playing a masterful game of chess. Mm-hmm. And uh, looks like. Uh, he has at least set us up for success.
0: Yeah, if the Porter situation works out, it will look like Jim Stark is just a, a field general like no other when it comes to yeah. strategy. And, and he
3: truly is the warden of the North, and <laughs> an, 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 from an old and honorable house.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there must always be a Stark.
3: Yeah, there always must be a Stark in Winterfell.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It looks really, really good from this early point. You mentioned Underwood went to Illinois. The one thing there was talk that Illinois had put an offer in and on Martin, and that there was a bit of a bidding war. Ultimately, it looks like the Martin's going to be making about three million dollars a year. That could be. We could, we'll find out more about that when the details emerge. But he's yeah. it, going to be making a lot more than we've ever hired. Yeah, Illinois tried to throw some good.
3: cold water on that because there had one of the uh, one of those. Riders with a blue check mark by their name, you know, national guy, had said that Illinois had offered him this contract, right? And Illinois put out a thing. We didn't offer him a contract. We were we were we had preliminary discussions. Well, then, mm. where do the numbers come from? But yeah.
0: regardless, I believe Feinbaum put out was a $18 million dollar deal.
3: Yeah. Uh, so you know, even. Uh, more of a feather in the cap of Jim Sterk when he had somebody competing for him, he won that um, negotiation.
0: Yeah. Martin, you know, is poised to bring in a lot of new talent. And really revitalize I don't know what... I, I really am hesitant because, I, like you said, until the ink's dry, we don't know what will happen. Even without the Porters, there's a lot there for uh, Martin to work with. And even the guys we have who weren't particularly talented are going to be older. We had a very young team. So, I mean, he's, I think he's poised to do some things, you know, and I wonder what expectations will be next year.
3: not a strong sec. I mean, you're always going to have to butt heads with Kentucky, Mm -hmm. but it's not like you're, you're in the ACC or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, this year, you know, Florida, it looks like they are, uh, they're going to the sweet 16, Mm -hmm. uh, Arkansas looked very good. Um, and then got slaughtered Yeah, (laughs) for a while. And then South Carolina looked good. So, you know, there's maybe about three teams you got to look at. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's a, crapshoot for the rest you know so you can you don't have to do a whole lot to be one of the top three teams in this conference
3: can we beat eastern
0: illinois (laughs) is the question yeah can we beat the 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 kangaroos from umkc now yeah yeah let's hope so anyway i mean it is amazing i'm speaking for myself but i think i'm speaking for a lot of tiger fans just the Complete flip flop and enthusiasm I have for basketball now.
3: Well, and there's not a, you can't draw a direct line to the women's basketball success or the wrestling success or the baseball success to Jim Sterk. Mm -hmm. But it's all happened under his watch. Mm -hmm. You know, since he's taken the helm, we are now, you know, on a 19 game winning streak from baseball. Yeah. The, uh, the girls' basketball team is currently being slaughtered, but in the NCAA tournament in the second round. Yeah, we, and, we uh, started
0: at halftime. We checked back in, and I don't think they'd scored a point.
3: Yeah, they scored like five points <laughs> in the third quarter. But, um, and, you know, the wrestling team has continued to dominate, and so it's, it's all uh, happened got, under his watch. We so. got
0: a national champion in cross country, I believe, when it was cross country. So, yes. So. so all different fronts we did pretty well, mm-hmm. or doing pretty well. And uh, and I, maybe
3: basketball's in the catbird seat
0: too. Who knows? I hope so
3: I hope so. And you know, like I said, we've talked about football, and uh, we feel optimistic about the upcoming season. So all things seem to be traveling in the right direction. Yeah. Our stock is rising. Uh, you know, and we really weren't expecting to do another podcast
0: because it's it's the doldrums of, of football. You know, we're just counting the minutes until the spring game comes around. Mm-hmm. But there's been so much activity around Mizzou athletics. I mean, we had to talk about it a little bit. And I mean, if for no other reason than to speculate about the porters. Yeah, if we are able to land Michael Porter Jr., it will be the greatest recruitment of a basketball player in decades.
3: I, I can't remember which uh, sports writer they had on the radio station I was listening to out of Kansas City this week when the news came out, and he was talking about Michael Porter Jr being not just the best player in the nation, but like a transcendent player. He's not just a really, really good player. He, the comparison he said he'd heard a lot was Kevin Durant. You know, it's mm-hmm. like what Kevin Durant did for Texas in his uh, one year. And like, that's, that's high praise. Yeah. And I, you know, again, take it with a grain of salt, but man, you know, to go from having maybe one or two players on our roster that were even Division I caliber to having uh, the best player in the nation – that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. And on a basketball team when there's only five guys, it makes a huge difference. And then there's talk two, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is that being that good, he's likely going to be a one and done player. Yeah. But the thing is, he's got a younger brother who happens to be seven feet tall. And so, you know, if he comes along too, it's not like you're just getting one guy for one year. Mm-hmm. And on top of that. If it, only this guy could have had four boys. <laughs> yeah, right. It, but but on top of all that it just it changes the look and the culture of the basketball program for recruiting other people.
3: Yeah. We know it's going to be crazy, Brendan. If the Porters come, mm-hmm. and let's say conceivably that Martin does some other recruiting, gets this other four-star kid to continue to come to Mizzou, and we have this completely revamped roster with the best player in the nation, what's, what's the Mizzou arena going to look like as compared to this year? I mean, it can instantly be filled up. I had this... This idea that we'd get a new coach and he would have some decent success, and the
0: fans would start to slowly. Yeah, the trickle uh, the, uh, in. the
3: arena would slowly start to fill. It will be fucking packed. It will be a madhouse packed game one if he brings these kids.
0: Oh, not even game one. I think the the fucking Halloween scrimmage <laughs> yeah. will be fifteen thousand people there. Yeah, I mean, It'll I be, never go to that thing, and I'll be like front and center. Yeah,
3: yeah, for sure. Everybody will want to take a look. I remember before uh, Porter had committed to UW. Uh, one of my friends, which couldn't stop talking about him, one of these guys that goes around and watches high school basketball. Uh, pathetic, I know, but um, he <laughs> he just couldn't talk enough. And I'm like, oh man, if Mizzou gets this guy, he's you should, unreal. I've watched like four of his games now. I've traveled around and watched him. My immediate thought was why, but he was he was so stoked about him. And then when he went to UW, it was uh, he, he couldn't have been more disappointed because he just couldn't stop telling me what a terrific basketball player this is. Uh, and so I'm curious to see him play because I have never seen him shoot a single basket. You know, ever. So I'm interested to see what all the hubbub's about.
0: Yeah. Oh, I watched a YouTube video of him, and uh, yeah, my, it's jaw-dropping. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he's playing against guys who are half his speed and half his size and half his height, mm-hmm. but... Good heavens, it does not look like a 17-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like a full-grown man. Yeah. And uh, he's going to fucking kill out there. Uh, C.J. Roberts is the four-star kid, and uh, the word was that Martin, immediately upon being hired, got on the phone with uh, with the Roberts family and was trying to make sure that that uh, commitment stayed put.
3: And what was that kid thinking, committing <laughs> to Anderson. Anderson?
0: I don't know. I mean, it, it, one has to think that, Kim Anderson put all his barrels of his gun towards this one kid because yeah. he hadn't, I mean, Anderson didn't recruit shit.
3: No. And I just, I mean, maybe he's got an affinity for Frankenstein. <laughs> he loves old monster movies. Yeah. Like, I want to play for Frankenstein, dad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> are you
3: sure, son? I, I'm, I've always wanted to play for a reanimated monster. <laughs> come to Missouri. Good far bad. Yeah. Yeah. That guy.
0: Yeah. The, the, a lot of people were asking questions on how many scholarships we have available for these guys. If, All if the scholarships. That's if that's the answer. We have as many scholarships as we need. Yep. The fact of the matter is, if we're getting those types of players, it's not about how many current holes we have to fill in scholarships. It's about which current players
3: <laughs> loses a scholarship
0: <laughs> <laughs> will be finding a part time job at Domino's Pizza. Yep. Yep. To uh, re- remain in school because. Uh, we will put, We will place them. Yeah, <laughs> will have.
3: We will have all the scholarships. Yeah. That is the answer.
0: If they have a four or five star next to their name. Um, and they will come to our school. We will find a roster spot for mm-hmm. them. That is not something one needs to worry about. There's n- there's no situation where Michael Porter Jr. wants to come to fucking Columbia. Sorry, like, we don't have any scholarships for you. Sorry, you want to walk on? <laughs> yeah. well, you have to, You can wait until Cullen Vandersex Van uh, graduates, and yeah. then you can take his spot. I mean, can you
3: shoot 24% from the three-point line?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean,
3: Vandersex brings that to the table year in and year out. Yep, he's consistent. Yeah, It's it's... We'll have to talk about basketball on this fucking podcast. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about it from the standpoint. Like, I I, I sigh because it's, again, such a distant memory of being something I wanted to talk about.
0: Yeah, we we started
3: doing this in 2014, and it was all football time. It's like when people want to, you know, because they do the podcast and know I follow Mizzou closely, people a lot of times will come up and want to talk to me about Mizzou stuff. And basketball being in season, that would be what they want to talk about. I'd be like, hey, you know, I had a family member die of drunk driving. Uh, You want to talk about that? (laughs) Or, you know Good God You know, my dog got hit when I was like seven Mm -hmm. We could also talk about that Mm -hmm. I mean, that was the level I felt like talking about Mizzou basketball Like they were on par
0: But not so much anymore No,
3: not so much anymore At least I hope not
0: (laughs) That's right That's the thing about the enthusiasm It is all speculative It's Mm -hmm. all just based on pure hope Yeah And uh, which is all rebellions are built on hope (laughs) Yeah That's from what right. I've seen in the movies, and we haven't had an, an opportunity to uh, hope about anything in no. so long Mm-mm. that uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, I I've been checking Twitter every fifteen seconds to see if there's Michael Porter Junior. news. And uh, it was funny because that day that all this was going down, there was all kinds of speculation. And then the next day it was just quiet. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I will say about uh, the Porter situation is that there was speculation as well. Some local blog had said that uh, perhaps Michael Porter Jr. had not signed a national letter of intent with yeah. the university of Washington, which would have freed him up to go to another school. Uh, that turned out to be not true. Yeah. Uh, he did sign a, a national letter of intent as confirmed by the Seattle times but it doesn't matter now because uh, Romar was fired and the University of Washington announced that they would open yeah. they would release him from his his uh, commitment yeah. as a term of the release they wanted uh, all the commitments to meet the new coach when Washington hired mm-hmm. a new coach which they did today yeah and so um one has to assume that now Porter can meet this coach mm-hmm. a, the assistant from Syracuse and and, and, you know, once he's fulfilled that
3: obligation, if he still wants to leave, which I assume he will, I wonder if this we'll uh, assistant from Syracuse is as gregarious and good natured and uh, warm as Jim Beham is. Oh,
0: goddamn. Because yeah. Jim
3: Beheim is just a. Boy, he's just a fuzzy fellow, isn't
0: he? Barrel of laughs.
3: <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Bayheim mm-hmm. Loving him some Greensboro. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, the the longtime ACC coach, Jim Bayheim. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taking a
3: dump in everybody's mess kit.
0: <laughs> yeah, lots of thoughts on how the ACC ought to run their show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. But uh, anyway, so be, because of that, because of oh, Washington now having a new coach, I feel like within a week we're going to know something about – At least Least
3: it needs to happen quickly because the longer it goes on, the more fear I'm going to have that uh, some blue chip program is going to come in and swoop in and and steal this kid. Part of my disappointment is that it has not been officially announced that Michael Porter Sr. has been hired yet. That's my biggest concern because it may, you know, it all hinges on that. Well, that initial Twitter blast you're talking about. Would made it sound like it was just a done deal. Like he's here, he's back. You were hiring mm. him, and now his sons will follow him. Well, whoa, 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 whoa! Pump the brakes. He is not officially a staff member yet.
0: Yeah, the news was that Martin offered Porter Senior the position. Never and he's was mulling it, it over. Yeah, never was it stated that he took the job. If Porter doesn't take that job, I think he can bets are off. Yeah, that that fist rolled in kitty litter comes out that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier in the show. I mean, it was confirmed. Grab ankle, Magoo fans. <laughs> that Porter. Senior did go down to uh, Oakland, Berkeley area to to meet with Martin already. Mm-hmm. So we know that they've been in talks, and we know sure. this is afoot. But uh, I, that's probably the first thing we're going to hear. Once we hear of if there is a Porter Senior hiring, mm-hmm. I think you can start feeling a lot better about the whole situation in general. Yeah. And then once Porter Junior has has met with Mike Hopkins, the new Washington coach, then you know he's assumed to be free to. Free agent, free agent, yeah. Then we'll know if uh, things are resurrected. Joe Waljasper, the Columbia Tribune uh, sports editor, who we reference quite frequently, he wrote a piece about all of this, and he said basically that there's there's two ways to resuscitate a program: an easy way and a hard way. Mm-hmm. And uh, recruiting the number one player in the country that would be the
3: former yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and so I, I tend to agree
3: mm-hmm. it certainly helps the infusion of talent yeah, yeah. i mean really though, i think the the big knock on conzo martin is is he a great coach or just a good, good recruiter mm-hmm. and you know uh, truthfully at the college level it's probably better to be the recruiter than the giant great x's and o's i think when you start talking about the tom izzo's of the world and god forbid the bill selfs and guys like that and uh, calipari's the difference between those guys is there are tremendous recruiters and tremendous coaches. But mm-hmm. there's only it's, – it's like a franchise quarterbacks. There's only so many of those guys out there. right? And they seem, tend to find their way to those blue-chip programs. And so, you know, you're not – Conzo Martin, if he was John Calipari, he wouldn't be coming to Mizzou. And that's just the facts. But, you know, if he can recruit, we saw what that can do. I mean, look what Quinn Schneider did, you know, with good talent. He had the rushes or – one of the rushes and some other guys and, and, and had made a nice run in the NCAA tournament and he couldn't coach a lick, yeah. but he had a talented roster and he made hay with it. I
0: think the thing about the recruiting reputation, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you can sign a really good class, you get another class because mm-hmm. people, people it's like, it's like women, you know, if you date a good looking girl yeah. and women see it, mm-hmm. they look at you as date bull.
3: Like you what's know? that guy got that I need?
0: Yeah. He dates pretty girls. I'm a pretty girl. I guess I can go out with him. Yeah. That's kind of the way I think recruiting works too, you know. And if they see you're bringing in five stars, the next year, the five stars say, well, this is a program where five stars go.
3: If you're a basketball team with a 12 inch cock, you're going to get all the girls (laughs) or basketball players. I'm getting confused with the analogy. I sorry. know. Again,
0: your analogies are a little yeah, I'm all <laughs> scratching based. my head on this. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you you start stringing together two, three classes. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you, you are a good recruiter. Yeah. And, yeah, you don't have to work very hard because they come to you.
3: Well, I think that's something that, um, you know, I mentioned Bill Self. One of the things about Bill Self is he's always had, you know, obviously Kansas has always packed the gills of talent, but he has not had supreme success in the NCAA tournament. Now he has one national championship. So there's, you know, that pretty much absolves him of most stuff. But if they get knocked out again in this tournament, I feel like there's got to be at least at some point, some conversation of the Peyton Manning conversation of how many should he have won? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's obvious that he, you know, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, but until he won the second one with Denver, everybody was kind of like, yeah, he's really, really good. No doubt. But how many should he have won? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at with Bill Self. I mean, he's had some really good teams with Kansas that have gotten knocked out very early, mm-hmm. much to my joy. Um, but uh, at some point, if he doesn't really, if he doesn't do something with this team and the team following this season, you got to go. How many should he have won?
0: Well, I think zero. Yeah. He should win fucking zero. <laughs> yeah, there was some uh, tweet that went out there earlier today that he said reported that he was so aggravated and fed mm. up with the off-the-court issues going on at Kansas, yeah. and they are many, mm-hmm. uh, that, that he would consider going to uh, take a job in Indiana or something like yeah. I can't remember. But, or Oklahoma State. Oklahoma yeah, sure, State, sure. that's oh, what God, it was. Oh, God, he wouldn't go to Oklahoma oh, I, I, State. I know, but the, that was the tweet, and it, it, it tickled me because uh, just the idea that he's fucking sick of Kansas like we all
3: are. Well, but, but the, the, the irony of that—
1: Oh, sweet irony!
3: —is that the problems within his program— are in his program. Yes. So conceivably, if he runs his program the way he does, in a shitty fashion, Mm -hmm. with very little oversight or discipline... That he would carry that same mindset to Oklahoma State or wherever, and they would have the same raping problems. You well, know I mean?
0: to be fair, we already know in the state of Oklahoma that that sort of behavior is tolerated quite well. Yeah, Bob, your name's Stu- Bob Yeah,
3: it's just showed us both time and time again. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, oh, I'm so fed up with this this the lack of discipline and distractions in my own locker room that I'm going to go someplace else. It's like, what? Yeah. you created. You're the orchestrator of i I mean, obviously that that report is horseshit, but mm-hmm. if it was there's any kernel of truth to it, I just want to punch self in the face more than I usually do, which is a lot. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, as always, talking about Kansas makes me sick to my fucking stomach, so uh, let's take our second break for the day, and then we're going to uh, turn it over to our interview with Adam Amin from the SEC Network, because we talked a lot about basketball, and we don't know anything. We're fucking idiots, and so uh, we're going to talk to somebody who knows a lot more than we do, and uh, you'll hear from that after we come back. Yeah, we've rambled
3: endlessly, I feel like, on this podcast.
0: (laughs) Yes, we have. This is the Mazadcast.
2: Can't believe you're still listening to this shit, the Mazad Cast.
0: When people hear the name Amin, they usually think of one of two things: either Edie Amin, the 1970s Ugandan bloodthirsty dictator, or Adam Amin, the ESPN SEC Network bloodthirsty uh, play-by-play man. And uh, Adam is here to join us now. To be
1: fair, I think they also think of think of me as a dictator as well. Yeah. To be fair.
0: <laughs> I added the bloodthirsty part.
1: Well, I mean that that goes without saying. Uh, that's also, that's frankly, a superfluous word in the introduction. So. <laughs> okay. I, think I, just, I think people just assume
0: that about me anyway. Yeah, I think our listeners would agree. Well, thank you very much uh, for being on the show, Adam, and uh, we really were excited to talk to you because of all the stuff going on in the basketball world, and uh, as Missouri fans, we're kind of living in an alternate reality as far as basketball news. There's a lot going on, but none of it actually has to do with play on the court. It's uh, primarily around the coaching hire and the rumor mill swirling around Two potential large recruits in the form of Michael Porter Jr. and his brother Jonte. Tell me first of all, what are your thoughts about the Conzo Martin hire at Missouri?
1: You know, I think it's uh, I think it's a pretty good hire. Regardless of the, the recruit status, reporter, I seen what Conzo Martin has done, he kinda got I thought a relatively raw deal in Knoxville with basically kinda what would felt like him kind of being run out of town, even though his his team was able to get to the Sweet Sixteen that year a few years back. Obviously, as a quality coach, I think he's a quality recruiter. He's got ties to the state, you know, being a Missouri state before. I think there's potential here. I think there's a lot of optimism, I would say, with this hire. And I can see why. I can see why fans want to be optimistic. And, I mean, part of it is probably out of necessity.
0: Yes, for to, sure. Yeah,
1: you know, to, to just to keep some some good thoughts going about this team. But I can understand why it's there. I can understand why people want to be excited. So, I give him that, that opportunity to be excited. I think it's a good hire. I think it's a good coach that's taken over the program.
0: So if uh, if Michael Porter Jr. were to uh, find his way to Missouri, uh, obviously you know one of the top recruits in the country, what can that do for a program, I guess, overnight, a program that won only eight games last year? What's the ceiling for a team who lands a player of that caliber?
1: I mean, I- you know, you you hate to just automatically assume that they're a tournament team or anything like that, or much more competitive in the SEC based on just one player. It, it's hard to, to make that happen. It's very difficult to make that happen to suddenly shift what an entire unit looks like based on just one player. But we've seen it happen. You know, I think UCLA is a good example of that—how one player can kind of change the outlook of of one team, but. But also different players that we're talking about. You know, Michael Porter is not Lonzo Ball. He's not here for that. He's not here to just pass and make everybody else a little bit better. You know, Michael Porter is a scorer. You know, he's a proficient scorer. He's got a high release point. Uh, he's got length. He's got skill. You know, his development is relatively high considering what his age is. You know, he's the number one player in the country. You know, with good reason. So. I think there's this, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and tell you, well, yeah, in two years you guys are going to be in the NCAA tournament. It's, it's going to have a lot to do with the style that Conzo uh, that is going to want to play, what the rest of the unit looks like as well. You know, there's, there is some turnover for, for this Missouri roster, so you know, I don't want to get everybody over overly hyped, but I can not tell you that Michael's a really skilled player, and we've seen individuals at the very least shift the direction of a, of a program. I'll be curious to see what Michael can do in that regard, and you know you might only have one year with him, frankly, oh yeah, I we, think we know that we, I mean, and I think a lot of people are just gonna assume that he's a one and done guy, so you know it might only be one year. how much can a guy really shift the direction of your program if he's only going to be there for
0: you know eight months right, right, and one well, we've seen at l s u that uh bringing in a star cobert player doesn't necessarily mean instant results. Another thing I was going to ask you about is that uh, you've been to Columbia, you've seen uh, games here, but as a member of the SEC, I think uh, Mizzou's been down really about five years now, a lot of SEC folks haven't seen Mizzou Arena or uh, the Mizzou basketball environment when they're at their peak, when they're doing well. And I mean, for years, people thought of Mizzou kind of as a basketball school around here. And if Missouri can turn around their sort of culture and, and get the fans back in the arena and get some wins piled up, do you think the rest of the SEC even realizes that there is a, a, a pretty high basketball ceiling in Columbia?
1: Yeah, I don't think people realize it. And I've seen it a little bit because I've done two Kentucky games at Missouri in the last three years. So I've seen what it's like when, when there's some buzz and some hype. Around the games, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you that it was fever pitch based on, you know, being in, being, in the, being in the building just because Kentucky was here. I imagine, you know, when it was Kansas and Missouri both in the top 10, you know, maybe, what, 2011, 2010, 2009, when it was you know, games like that, I imagine that it was, you know, it there was, there was like a fever pitch in that building because both teams are good and, and it was a rivalry game and it was something that people circled on their calendars and they looked forward to. You know, while that may not be the case right now, I I do think that there has been a flash of it here and there, and I think people can realize it. It doesn't take much. You know, it takes a string of four or five games for fans to realize, well, maybe this is something I want to give a shot to. I I think fans in Columbia want to give basketball a shot. I think they want to be part of something that that builds. Uh, I think they want to be part of uh, a team that is, is fun to watch, is fun to enjoy, and uh, I don't think I don't think Missouri necessarily put a style that's conducive to it. I don't think necessarily there's been a player that has had the magnetism to bring people in uh, for the time being. I think maybe Michael Porter can be that type of guy if he came in Missouri. But you know, I, I think fans are are kind of starving for it. I, you know, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I just get that feeling, especially going to the Kentucky or doing doing the Kentucky game late in the season. I saw fans hit the feet. I did the game a week later against Texas A&M, and it was a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. So you know, I, I know I've seen uh, within a week I've seen the the best and the worst of what the inside of Mizzou Arena is like on game day. I
0: think there uh, there's a starvation for it. I think fans want to be excited. Oh, I about think. That. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, even even at the Kentucky game, it, it, that even wasn't a sellout. And, and it, frankly, I'm amazed that. People went to any games at all at some points in the season. They were so bad. The people that were there were the the most Die in the Wolf fans ever because it was not much of a product to, to see. Good basketball actually going on right now. The NCAA tournament is happening. In SEC news, you know, obviously South Carolina upset Duke last night, and Frank Martin has taken that program to heights that uh, they've never seen. And the and the SEC has looked good. I think they've got three schools in there, and Arkansas gave North Carolina a good run. Do you think the clout of the SEC as a basketball conference is is going to be improved based on the performance we're seeing this last week?
1: I would say this: like the it's tough to get dive into conference narratives based on the NCAA tournament and I would say the same thing about football during bowl season. Like, Let's not say the Big Ten is really good or the SEC is really bad or the Pac-12 is is improving based on bowl performance because these are very small samples with different variables involved. But I think the NCAA tournament, at the very least, is a quick snapshot. It's not a full picture of what a conference is like, but it's a nice snapshot. And if nothing else, it talks about the improvement. It talks to the improvement of this league, and, you know, I've had it sold to me before uh, because I did two conferences this year, the SEC and the American Conference, that had commissioners that were that were trying to spin a little bit. Greg Sankey said it, and it was the same thing with Mike Oresco and the American Conference, like, hey, we're really young. One of the youngest conferences in the country, and the SEC was the youngest, and the American was second youngest based on weighted possession minutes returning from rosters from last year to this year. But yeah, I get it. They're they're selling their their, their profile and, and trying to you know give some uh, I guess uh, leeway to their conferences based on you know the youth that they that they're dealing with. But both conferences have something in common, and that's coaching. The last few years, bringing in coaches that you're seeing, like a Frank Martin, like a Bryce Drew, who I covered for a long time when I was a student, and, and more at Valpo uh, to bring in Avery Johnson in the last couple of years at Alabama to. Bring in Howland at Mississippi State. It's the same thing in the American Conference. Johnny Dawkins has, has stepped in nicely. Tubby Smith is, is a championship-winning coach. So to see some of the changes that have gone about just at the coaching position in both of those leagues, that's supposed to make your leagues better. That's supposed to make the competition better. That's supposed to prepare you for postseason basketball. And you know, frankly, I think it has. I, I, I know that can be. Uh, an easy narrative to sit on, but I do think these are younger, improving conferences, and the fact that the SEC has had some success, it doesn't tell you everything about the league. You know, what, so if uh, Matthew Fisher Davis doesn't commit a dumb foul, then the SEC is that much better because Northwestern loses and Vanderbilt wins. Like, does that really tell you about the strength of the league based on two plays that could have gone either way? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm careful not to dive too deep into those types of narratives but I, I do think the league is improving and I think the, the coaching is is the first thing, the the foundation for making a league better and I think the SEC has done a nice job of that.
0: Well, Adam, I appreciate you coming on with us. I know that you've been uh, literally all around the country with all the basketball going on between the NBA and the NCAA tournament. You are—I think we've had Booger McFarland, Chris Doring, and now you from the SEC Network for, for our little lowly podcast. Uh, we're thrilled to be able to connect with you guys, but of course, you know that our white whale is the, is the big Paul Feinbaum. Oh
1: God, I mean, I can't even imagine what the—you might have to—you might have to bribe him with some booches or something to come on. <laughs> Like yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not sure if it's like a trap you have to set, and all of a sudden Paul will smell it and then call you. But I, I do think you're going to have to bribe him in some capacity.
0: Well, I was, I was thinking of just leaving a trail of Nick Saban autographed like uh, <laughs> portraits from, from. Charlotte to Columbia, but but yeah, I, I I'm I'm trying to I'm just trying to lay the seeds because he's our, he's our white whale, so I'm just going to plant it plant it in your head that that's uh that our tiny little podcast uh, is is got its sights set on on Finebaum. I uh, don't, don't forget it's
1: important it's important to have goals,
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta
1: have goals. You gotta shoot. Even if you shoot, if you shoot for the moon and fall short, you the land of the stars. You know what they say?
0: Yeah, that's right. Well, this was one of the big ones. Getting getting you on the air. That was that was uh you know. <laughs> That's that's one for the record books. Thank you again, and I'm going to let you get to your day. I know you got a lot ahead of you, but uh, I appreciate your insight into uh, Mizzou and Conzo Martin and everything going on in the NCAA's.
1: No worries, B. Thanks.
0: go Colin I think that's our third SEC network guy we've had on the show now yeah
3: and that one's talking about basketball uh-huh. strangely enough
0: <laughs> yeah and so uh anyway it's good to talk to Adam and um, thanks for being on the show well Colin before we go, I think it's worth mentioning we we didn't do Kansas News today. No, we did not. I am sorry to our listeners. But the reason we didn't do it is because we're still working on an all-Kansas episode. Yep. And uh, we'd like to – I really want to plan that around uh, Kansas losing in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that sure. would be today. But, yeah, so keep an eye out for that Kansas episode because uh, it's going to be more fun to hate Kansas when we are good at basketball too. Yeah. Because sure. that's their only defense they have now. Yeah, is, I think everybody's
3: um, pipe dream is that – we go to the NCAA tournament next year. And they're forced to play us. And they're forced to play us because mm-hmm. of seating. Yeah. And we win. Yes. That would be... They're very Wichita State-like. Yeah, that would be um, orgasmic. Yeah. I think was the only way to put that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And if we are good at basketball, too, they have nothing at that point. No. Nothing. No, the only thing they can beat us over the head with is, we're so much better than you mm-hmm. at basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you guess you are.
0: Yeah. Yes. Whoopity-doo.
3: And you get on Twitter and they just berate you endlessly about... You know Missouri and blah blah blah. And it's like you won't play us, mm-hmm. and you left the conference. You won't play us. We can play outside of conference games. They're the they're the fucking chicken shit asshole who is running away from the fight, and while he runs away, is telling you what a badass he is. Yeah, I'd totally kick your ass if I was willing to fight.
0: It's, it's so true. We've had these stupid circular arguments with Kansas people. It's like, why won't you play us? Play us! Don't be a coward. You left the conference. Okay, well, lots of teams play each other that aren't in the same conference.
3: Well, and that's, to and forget. And like, well, thing- why
0: would we schedule you? I was like, well, just play us. You left the conference. Like, All right. So we're going in circles, idiot.
3: Well, and that's like, that's, saying that they hadn't tried to leave the conference on two separate occasions and no one would take them. That's right. Like, yeah, we left the conference because somebody was willing to have us. Fucking hypocrites. Yeah. Fucking
0: pricks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that, and uh, we're going to look forward to that, and I hope you enjoy the show tonight, and hopefully by the time we talk to you again, uh, we'll have the porters on staff and on the uh, program, so that'll be great news. Anyway, until next time, Colin, M I Z Z O U.
3: going to turn into a guy rolling his fist in kitty litter and jamming up our poop chute. I'm a pretty girl.